So when I hear someone's story of how they've overcome their fear, uh, that's amazing. But in here, we're not even talking about fear. We're talking about how he's overcome hundreds of attacks every single day of anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. And, and the way he's gone through this and the, the, the difference between Patrick a few years ago and Patrick now, it's so profound and it gives so much hope to people who are potentially going through it right now. Welcome to Stories of Expansion, created by Gosha Gona and me, Wun Tan. This podcast shares inspiring expansion stories. We speak to amazing guests who have turned the biggest challenges and fears into blessings for themselves and others. We will be exploring how they've overcome their personal and business challenges to create a bigger impact and make a difference in the world. We will learn how they've survived and blossomed in times of challenge. We believe that the world needs us more than ever before. It is time to stop procrastinating and playing small. Let's show up more fully and achieve what we're here to do together. So we are very excited to introduce to you Patrick once again. And as I said in a previous podcast, I loved the, the, the podcast with Woon so much, uh, where Woon was interviewing Patrick, that I felt there was a few more questions that need to be asked. And I'm so glad, guys, that I've asked him those questions, because what he shared in this podcast is amazing. So this is part two of the interview with Patrick. So Woon, tell me, what did you love about this podcast? He's very, very knowledgeable and very humble. I think he's a master in his craft. He really knows marketing. He really knows how the human brain works. And he's personally gone through a, a lot. Um, and in this interview that you did, you did with him, I think he shared things that I didn't even know he went through himself. Wow, this episode is really, really inspiring because I never knew about Patrick's, this part of Patrick's story. And I knew he, he he was suffering. He 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 changed physically. He he was a lot healthier when I last saw him. Like, um, and now that I know what he's been through, it's really really inspiring to see someone who's gone through that process. Um, there's help out there, uh, especially when it comes to fear and anxiety. And he is a real example of someone who's gone through that struggle and came out of it and he's a, he's a real inspiration. Yeah, exactly. This is a perfect example of why we've created this podcast to show you guys how people turn the biggest challenges into the biggest successes and the greatest impact. And in this case, Patrick, who suffered from fear and huge anxiety and depression, um, shows us how he turned it around, which is humbling, inspiring, and it gives hope to those who actually suffer from it right now. So if you're one of those people 
if you suffered from depression or anxiety, then please listen to this podcast and share with others because as Patrick shows us, there is a huge amount of hope. So I hope you enjoy this episode and get inspired by this amazing man. Okay, Patrick, I am so delighted to have you with me today. Me too. Because, you know, I have listened to your podcast uh, that Woon has recorded and I thought, oh my God, this man is a genius. I want more of him and I want to ask him my own questions because I wanted to feel your heart. I wanted to feel your soul. I wanted to hear what makes you tick and why are you who you are. Okay. So my first question to you is, um, you have become extremely successful in the past in failing. Yes. <laughs> you, you could get a, a big award of the master of failure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, you, and you know, someone said to me in the, in many years ago, 20 years ago, in fact, when I was training NLP, that we have a program running always at the back of our mind. And if we are good at failing and we const- consistently, consistently fail over and over again, it means that we already have a program, potential program for success, but we need to tweak it a bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my question is this, Patrick, what were you doing before over and over again? You know, there were like steps that uh, made you fail consistently with many, many businesses. So if you were to teach someone else how to fail in three steps, how to fail, what would you tell them <laughs> if they really wanted to fail from the, in the I past? Don't, I don't think that it had to have to be three steps. I think it'll be one step. Oh, one step. So what yeah. would it be? That's just let yourself be stopped by your fear. Ah, really? Okay. Okay. So when you, whatever you're afraid of, don't go after it. Oh my God. You're that's, my man. That's, that's the one step to failure. So, so when, you, when you were planning your businesses, because how many businesses did you fail in before you started succeeding? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it was at least two traditional businesses and then 14, 15 or marketing, you know, direct selling uh, opportunities. Um, yeah, so we're talking about 16, 17 different businesses. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I know anybody who, who was so successful at this. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so just to clarify, so you, you knew what you wanted to do, and then you, you've pl- planned the, the, the steps, and then you had the fear, and I would love to know what the fears are, and then mm-hmm. you basically need to decide for the fears to be bigger than you. So what typically those fears were? Well, it's, it's the fear of reject, re- rejection, fear of failing and looking stupid. Um, mm-hmm. that, that is basically the main thing for me in my life. And I think that's pretty much it for most entrepreneurs. The fear mm-hmm. of failing, the fear of rejection. Absolutely. And, uh, and sometimes fear of success. Yeah, I don't think I've had that. Uh-huh. Yeah, people talk about it. And it's, for me, it's really, really hard to relate to. Okay. I mean, that, yes, there is... I don't think it's the fear of success, but there's a, maybe there's a fear that, you know, when you become successful, there are certain things that, is, that are required of you. Yes. Like, for example, yes. in, um, in my marketing career, what's required of you if you get successful, you get to get, get on stage in front of a lot of people. You have to be, you're going to be asked to speak in front of a lot of people. 
uh, and I did and I did have that, but I was also I was aware that I could not become successful unless I was willing to do it, right? So um, the thing is that that and, and what I did when I say no, just don't go after your uh, after the things you fear. Um, it is very, very important to be aware that when you're building a business, your inner resistance are going to try to um, trick you into thinking you can do, you can, you can get around the stuff that you're afraid of. And so, for example, for me, my mind was tricking myself into, hey, I don't have to go out and selling. I don't have to go out and talking to people and all that nasty stuff that I'm afraid of. I can just sit and build websites. Yes. And by that alone, yes. I can become rich, right? Yes. So, so the mind will try to trick you into doing these things that are not scary for you, but it's just not really working. And I'm not saying that you can't get rich you know, creating websites. Of course you can, but you have to have the foundation there. You have to have the foundation of confidence and going out and talk to people and, uh, mm. and and selling yourself. That has to be there, because those are those are foundational skills that you're even going to use in leadership, because leadership is about inspiring your team, mm. which has a lot of the same uh, elements. In in fact, a lot of the exact same elements as in selling mm. and presentation techniques. Right, so. If you want to build a big business, you have to, at some point, become a leader. You have to lead people. And the foundation of that is understanding influence. And so you've got to get out of yourself, out of the fear, going out and talking to people, become good at networking, influencing, selling, marketing. Then you can succeed. Mm, Okay. So at which point did you actually learn how to deal with your fear? How did you do that? Uh, So... Is you know what I do today uh, is quite advanced in terms of how to reprogram my, ba- my my brain. But back in the early days, it was just brute force. And what I mean by that is just simply, I was just more afraid of ending up having a life that I had back then. I did, it was just not acceptable for me. I just could not stand the thought of that. So it was so uncomfortable for me to be where I was that I was willing to just say, okay, I'm just going to do it. I don't care if I'm afraid. I don't care if I fail. I don't care what people think of me. Uh, I'm, I don't care if I look stupid. I am going to out and share the message with the world that I think is important uh, and so so I can get my freedom. Wow. And that's what I did. I just pushed, my, pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Wow. Okay, so it was a decision because it things sure. got so bad. So can yeah. I t- can we can we talk about it? How bad things got? Because I actually listened to another <laughs> podcast of yours and yeah. I had a few tears when I listened to it. What was the lowest point in in your journey to success? Well, I had a couple of those points. Um, my, my my first my first bankruptcy, but I was very young back then, and, and there was just no chance I could succeed because I was so shy. I was so afraid of people um, that it was just even completely delusional that I could think that I could succeed. Uh, and I was in my, my house, um, and I've run out of oil in Denmark. It was in Denmark. It's cold in winter. We heat the, the houses with oil. Uh, and I was owing all the oil companies money. So I couldn't order any more oil. I had a wood, wood, um, uh, what do you call it? A fireplace. And I had a little bit of wood, which I, which I heated the house with for, I don't know, a month or so. And, uh, and then I ran out of that as well. And so what do you do? Well, I, it sounds crazy, but I chopped up my bed 
and wow. use that for for heating my 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 home for two for two nights. Wow! And at that point, I was just solo. Um, I cried myself to sleep, wow. and uh, had no idea where I was going to turn, who I was going to turn to for help, how, how my future is going to be. And now that I look at it today, it's like it's like so what? It's like just keep on going. You did oh you went bankrupt. <laughs> so what? You learn from it. But back then it was horrible. It was absolutely yeah. just tremendously horrible. Um, what a what prop? So there's two more really, really, really low points in my life. The next one was the one that led to a revolution in my life, uh-huh. where I was in so much pain because for two reasons. First of all, I was just so damn tired of my life. Yes, uh, I was moving furniture in a in a in a in a, in a warehouse uh, as a temp agent. And I couldn't stand it. And I was just, it just reached that level where it says, this is simply just like unbelievably boring. There's got to be more to life. Yes. And um, so, so I had a lot of pain had accumulated over a while. And then I had a breakup with my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, and, and that just triggered like complete crash. And I was just in so much pain, like so much pain. That I said, this is it. This is literally it. I am going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to break out of my fear. I'm going to I'm going to get on stage. I'm going to talk to the people. I'm going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. And within a week, I found a new network marketing company that was not in Denmark. And I instantly knew this is the one. This is literally the one. But it wasn't in Denmark. So what, what did I do? Well, I said, I don't care. I'm so committed to this that I will travel to the U.S. I will live over there. I'll find a way to get there. Or wherever this country is open, and, um, and and I can do this. So I found some people that was involved uh, with it, and um, had a chat with them. And you know they were coming to England, and I went to England to to check out the company just just to remove the last kind of doubts, and for them as well. And I said, "This is it. I'm going for it." Went back to Denmark, did my first presentation after four days. Mm-hmm. There were seven people in the room. All mm-hmm. seven signed up. Wow. And then we're off to the races. I mean, it literally just went berserk. And then after a few months, uh, I was starting to make make a bit of money. And I basically said to my my uh, uh, my uplines in the U.S., "Look, I have to move away from my girlfriend. I have a little bit of money. I can use it either for a deposit for a new apartment, or I can come over to stay with you for three months and learn everything that I can about this business." And they said, mm-hmm. "Sure, come." Mm-hmm. And so went to the U.S. for three months, learned everything I could building a business and then went back to Denmark and then it really exploded. Mm-hmm. So within, within uh, I think nine months, I was financially free. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. So in those moments when it was really, 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 really difficult, the thing that has changed all of that was the level of pain that you reached and yeah. the decision that you have made. No more. I have to go now forward, Right. Yeah, and it was the, it was the commitment. I was just like commitment. I was committed to be uncomfortable. Whereas before, I had made an excuse. Oh no, I'm not quite ready with this presentation yet. I have to practice more. I have to learn more. And I see people do this mistake over and over again today. It's yes. just it's incredible. They're preparing to preparing <laughs> instead of just doing it. Yeah. Right. And and here's the fallacy in that the people think that they can first of all be really really good at preparing right yes. but getting ready um and and then number two they think they can gain all the confidence they need so so they're completely uh or almost completely confident when they go on stage or they go to sales presentation right for preparing it's never going to happen 
Never, ever going to happen by preparing. You will only reach that kind of confidence by actually doing it. You will literally only reach the confidence by doing it. And, and you also only reach the clarity you know, and, and the skill set by doing it over and over and over again. Mm. Right? I mean, the amount of presentations that you have to make to, to be a good public speaker, you, know, you probably have to have a couple of thousand hours in front of an audience because, to become really, really good. Yeah. You cannot prepare yourself out of it. Can you do something to break the fear before? Absolutely. Well, and I, I, do, I do a two-day training, how to speak with uh, confidence and impact, and where people make enormous breakthroughs. But that doesn't mean the complete finished uh, package after two days. You know, it still takes practice to go out yes. there and become really, really good. It's exactly. And, you know, years ago, I used to be a Toastmasters member, uh, the public speaking club. And I remember um, I, I was really scared of public speaking. My first course, which I ran um, two weeks before, I had a diarrhea, which continued till all the way till the actual course because I was so uncomfortable. I, uh, it was really totally out of my comfort zone. And in that, um, uh, in that meeting, there was a guy who said, listen, do you mind if I pop out and I'll be back? I said, where are you going? And he goes, oh, we have a contest for uh, you know, public speaking Toastmasters Club. And I'm, I'm going and I'll take part and I'll come back. And he came back and he won the, the, whole, present, you know, the, the whole contest. And, um, and he said to me, you know, Gosha, I think you're good at this, but you could be much better. I said, me, I'm not good at all. I'm shit. I've had diarrhea for two weeks. And he goes, yeah, I know. But he said to me, you know, it's all repetition. It's repetition, mm -hmm. repetition, repetition. Yeah. And I went to, and I joined the, the Toastmasters club and maybe, and, and it was, it happened every two weeks, every two weeks. And then I remember, uh, after maybe a couple of months or three months, I went to a birthday party to my friend and they were all sort of, uh, you know, milling around and drinking the wine. And I suddenly stood on the chair and I took a glass of wine or orange juice and I said, hello, everybody. Can you please pay attention to what I'm going to say? And I started speaking. I didn't prepare. I said, we all here for my best friend, blah, blah, blah. And she started crying and she said to me, you know, I've, I'm crying. It's not because... Um, you, you said this to me, but I've never seen you so confident speaking to people. She said, what happened, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, I just forgot that I was uh, scared of public speaking. I just <laughs> completely forgot because I did it over. It, it almost became boring. It, like, da, 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 da. it became a second nature. So, so Patrick, I'm completely with you. The only way to stop being afraid of that anyway, of public speaking, is to bloody get up and do it. So, mm -hmm. so, so following this, I wanted to ask you, you have written, um, you've written a book um, completely as a fallout or a blessing or a gift of coronavirus, right? Is that, is that right? Because you, you said that you were writing an article and it became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger that you... you yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, first of all, it's the weirdest thing when the coronavirus hit and, and, and we're, we got into lockdown, I got more calm than I've ever been, I think, in my whole life. Why? Was, Why? Why do you think that happened? I don't happened? know. I honestly don't know. I think it was because... I, I honestly actually don't know. It was, it was not a conscious decision. Well, it, it sort of, but... I can't really explain it. But anyway, I, I, started, I started becoming really creative. Uh, I said, okay, wow, I have, I have some stuff in my head and need to get out there because I see these small, medium-sized businesses, even relatively 
good sized business that they're making enormously like obvious mistakes that are relatively yeah. fixed. And I, I want to help them fix these problems so they can really scale and get the freedom. Like for me, one of the biggest values is freedom. And I want to see other people have freedom because I believe when we have freedom to really do what we want, to express who we are really deep within, I think that will make a better world. Honestly, people would be happier. We have, yeah. we have surplus energy and time to, to be something for other people and to help the world. And instead of just trying to get by and make money all the time. Right. So, so, so I started writing this article or not article, but a report. And I was, I was planning to be around maybe 9,000 words or so. And suddenly it was 12 and then there was 15 and I was like, Oh my God, I think this is turning into a book. And then I just kept on writing, writing, writing. And now it's like 37,000 and I'm not quite finished with it yet. And, um, and when I reached, I think about 21,000, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is going to be really, really good. Um, so I'm super psyched about it. It's called the new marketing manifesto. And uh, yeah, I just, I just became massively creative. And, and in fact, last week I started writing a new book, which I'm not going to share the title of because the, t- okay. the title is so kick-ass. I'm, I'm <laughs> almost certain it's going to turn into a bestseller. So I'm not going to... Oh my God, how exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But Patrick, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, because there's two things there. One is that the, the, so far, the, the, um, the coronavirus has been incredibly amazing for me too. I mean... Mm. The reason we are speaking, speaking right now, sitting in front of each other, you know, on Zoom, is because of coronavirus. Because mm. if if uh, I have not um, spoken to Woon, we've not come up with this idea uh, of creating this podcast, I would not be speaking to such amazing people like yourself. And mm. so I feel so grateful to for the fact that every single time something bad happens, it's up to us what we squeeze out of it. It's up to yeah. us what we squeeze yeah. out of it. So. So there we go. So that's the f- first thing I wanted to say. But second thing I wanted to ask you is, you've mentioned the, the mistakes that the businesses do. And um, could you pick for us two or three biggest ones that you talk about in the book? Because I want to know what those mistakes are. My, my couple of biggest mistakes for me or about marketing in general? Yeah, the, 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 what are you actually covering in the book? What are the, the, the mistakes that the, the companies are going through which yeah. stop them from growing? Okay. There are many, but, but it's typical. Like, like, first of all, what marketing really is about is, is really understanding the brain on a deep level. Uh-huh. How does the brain actually make decisions? Yes. How do we make buying decisions? How do we make the decisions what to pay attention to? And to keep attention to, and how do we make decisions on what to trust, right? So I've become obsessed about understanding the, the brain. And in the last couple of decades, there's a lot of new research that's coming out to show how irrational our brain actually is. And like almost all decisions we make about buying, is, uh, they're completely irrational, like almost all of them. And so you have to understand those irrationalities to be able to create the marketing the right way. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is the first thing I want to want to tell people. They, they've got to really understand the brain, and so there's a lot of lot of that in the book about how irrational we are and why and how we make decisions. But one of the one of the major major things to see small medium sized businesses do is that when you're starting out, people don't get the right coaching or training about marketing. They they notice the marketing around them, right? They've been exposed to marketing forever, in their whole life. And so the marketing they see around them is 98% marketing from big business. 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's big business market we see all the, all the time. And that's branding. The problem is you cannot, as a small startup, uh, succeed with branding alone. It, the, the, type, the type of marketing that you do as a big business is completely and utterly different than a small business. Mm-hmm. Right? But so the problem is that, that small businesses see all this marketing around them and they copy that kind of marketing mm-hmm. and then they fail. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Why? Because big business marketing is about exposing a brand over and over and over and over and over again until you have familiarity and you, you have trust. Mm-hmm. We don't have that luxury as a small business. We don't have the budgets to expose our market over and over and over again. So, so the, the kind of marketing that you need to do as a small business, even medium-sized, is basically being incredibly good at creating good offers mm-hmm. that people respond to right now. Not something just like, look look at how cool we are, and then maybe in a month, two months, or three months, you'll buy from us. But no, something that's so compelling right now that you almost have to respond. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, that's, that will involve um, having a sales funnel. You create something that is so irresistible, that is, and it's no-brainer because it's either free or maybe it's a one-pound one trial or something like that or something like it's super, super attractive. People accept it. Mm-hmm. And then you start to gradually build the trust step by step by step by step in a sales funnel where you sell them something cheap and then you still sell them something a little bit more expensive. Might Meanwhile, building the trust until they get to the level where now they really trust you and are ready to buy something for a thousand or five or ten or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so there's another one is that, that, that small businesses think that they can just have a website, which is for most people, just a fancy brochure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, Hey, we're, you know, I'm a cool life coach or whatever, you know, I do life coaching. It's like, well, that's not a benefit for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if you said, let's say you specialized in stress releases, life goes in a went, let's take site number one and say, okay. Coolest life coach in the world. Okay. That's what it says. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, so what? What's the benefit to me? <laughs> Number two site is the three biggest ways to overcome stress. Yeah. Free report right now. Right. Yeah, Download yeah, right now. It's yeah. like, that's a benefit to me. It's like, oh, I'm really stressed out. I want to learn how to get over stress. Let me just accept that free report. Right. And so, and then the trust building phase starts. So I think like literally eight or nine out of 10 websites that go to, they don't have a damn lead magnet. Mm. Like they don't have that thing to give away that is compelling. And even if they do have something, most of the times, almost every single time, it's just not compelling. It's just, yeah, you, go on. You, you know, um, what, what, uh, what you're talking about, it's quite uh, important to me because I had this lovely, shiny website for many years that nobody really used, nobody went to. And um, when, then I realized that actually it's not about me. It's not about who I am, what I do. It's not, yeah. it's not the sort of a beautiful business card. It's about actually being useful and serving people. So having a useful lead magnet, okay, something that will truly resolve people's problems, 
in small way, medium way, or big way even, because I've once downloaded something from someone's website that immediately resolved one of my biggest problems. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, Jesus, if I can have this for free, what can this person help me later with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah? exactly. So, you know, I often, I, I myself and lots of other people, I, I actually resist marketing. I hate marketing. Oh, I used to, because I thought it's all full of manipulation. You mm -hmm. know, even like, oh, how the brain works, how to sell them, how to give them what they don't need. But what I'm hearing from you is to be compelling, but have something for people that truly will help them. Absolutely. And that's also, I'm, I'm glad you bring this up with manipulation because I, I, I believe like, so if you, if you go to the uh, dictionary and, and, and look up manipulation, what does that mean? Um, it doesn't have a negative connotation, but in, in normal people's mind, manipulation has a negative connotation. Manipulation is just changing something, right? So, for example, you go to a um, chiropractor, yeah. you're you have a horrible back pain, yes, because your 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 spine is out of alignment. Now, this is medically the way that they describe it. The chiropractor will manipulate your spine, mm -hmm. right, yeah. to get to get it back into alignment. Ah. So, for, for me, it, manipulation is not bad because we all do it, and I'll prove that to you in a second, right? We all do it. Some people do it badly and some people do it very well. Um, okay. All right. So, yeah, it's the intention behind manipulation that makes it good or bad, not the intention itself. Uh -huh. right? I did, I did uh -huh. cover the thing about the chiropractor, right? Yes, 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 yes. Right? So the, it's the intention behind it. And so, so let me ask you, do you ever use cologne? Uh, no. Deodorant? Uh, yeah. Okay. Why? Uh, well, very rarely I use it when I am on stage, but when I'm sort of walking around, running around and sweating mm -hmm. a lot. Yes, because I want to be out of respect for other people. Okay. You use, you use um, makeup? Yes. Okay. Why? So, because when I look into the mirror, I, I look at myself and I think, oh, you're all right. <laughs> Okay, the reason why is that you want people to have a certain perception around you. You want it, You want to affect yeah. other people's yeah. perception. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why we put on a nice suit. We want other people to think that we are cool. Right. Yeah. In some way, like yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 Doesn't necessarily cool, course. but we're good. That we're nice people, and so on. And you know, we're not going to be dressed like a bum on the street. Yes. Because that would affect other people's perception around us. That's so right. every single time we open our mouth, we're, we're manipulating people, mm -hmm. right? We cannot not manipulate people. We, we affect other people and we try consciously or unconsciously to affect people around us. So it's the intention behind the manipulation that makes it good or bad. And so if you have an intention of really helping the world, uh, I believe you need to become really, really good at manipulating because, wow, wow, wow. because people, people where they are, in most cases, they're stuck. They're stuck in fear and they will stay where they are and they're going to be bloody miserable for the rest of their life. And that's the reality. Most people end up broke, miserable, sick, sick in their 60s. Mm. Right? That's reality. So if we have something that we can do to help the world, I think it's our responsibility to understand truly how the brain works to 
get people to do the stuff that is of value to them. Now, one of the things, again, you have to understand about the brain is that we are extremely scared of making decisions that can have great, that can have great consequences, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It takes time to build trust. We don't trust people the first time we meet them, and we certainly don't make big buying decisions. We, meet, we, might, uh, we might buy something for five pounds the first time we see them because it doesn't really matter if we lose that five pounds. Yes. So that's why it's so important to gradually give them something away for free or sell them something really, really cheaply, and then gradually build that trust. You know, you over-deliver, you be of value, you over-deliver on that first thing, and then you keep on over-delivering every single step of the sales funnel. That's how you build trust, and that's how the brain is constructed. Okay, fantastic. Just, just like, just like if, if you meet somebody, see, you see, the weird thing is in the dating world, we understand that that's the way the world is, right? <laughs> we don't go up to somebody and say, hey, uh, you know, do, do you want to get married? <laughs> Although I, I had that, I had that, I, I had it happen to me, by the way. <laughs> you know, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I pretty much guarantee that you didn't say yes, right? Well, actually, I did. I have to tell you this. You know, I, really? I on, yeah, yeah, on the Facebook, on the Facebook, there was this the guy, you know, um, sending sending me a message, and he, he goes, "Hi, my name is Tom, and I am. I live in." I think he's, he lived in Philippines or somewhere, but he was English. And he, he says, I really love, love, I, I love who you are and I've been watching you, observing you. <clears throat> and, and he said, I would love to marry you. And I thought, uh, and, and, and I thought to myself, uh, okay, well, if he plays his game so openly, let me play his game too. And I said, Oh, okay, Tom. Uh, that's fine. W- when do you think we should set up the the, the date for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 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 that's fine. Uh, it's fine with me. It's it's cool. And he goes, oh, oh, oh okay. Don't don't you think that we should actually get to know each other first? I said, no, no. I don't think it's. <laughs> you, you know, you want to marry me? Well, just just get on with it. And he never came back to me. <laughs> he he pulled out of that's the, the deal. <laughs> anyway wow. so so just that wow. that's that's a funny story but patrick yeah. i have a have another question for you which um uh which i truly want to ask you so you know you, you obviously strike me as a very business orientated powerful confident man um but i have a suspicion that you are quite sensitive and uh and quite loving do you think you are a spiritual person? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah? No doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I used to be very sensitive. I mean, I like, take everything personally, and, you know, I was had incredible self-doubt and was very uncomfortable around people. So I used to be very sensitive. I, I'm not today um, mm-hmm. because – and that's, some, that's a choice, right? I've yes. developed that within myself, uh, and I just – don't see how it's actually really possible to be successful without, uh, or, or if you're very sensitive to other people's opinions or yes. what happens, you can't succeed. It's just not going to happen. Or, yeah. or at least you're be really miserable, right? Because you'll just never create anything that everybody loves, right? Yeah. Even, even the most popular people in the world, you see like Justin Bieber, right? Just look about how much hate he gets. Yes. But I'm also sure he has tons and tons of like fans that are crazy about him. Yes. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had the success. Yes. But see how many people ridicule him. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Right. So, so you've got to have 
you, you can't be sensitive. You can't take things personally if you want to be successful. Exactly. So talking about of which, I want to know what are your daily practices to keep yourself in a top level of clarity, peace, uh, relaxation? What do you do every day or almost every day to look mm -hmm. after your soul, your heart and your mind? Okay. So I do gardening. I do biking. I do fishing. I love spending time in nature. Um, listen to music, I do mm -hmm. exercise, do a little bit of yoga, should be doing more. Yoga is amazing. I only discovered yoga five, four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, it was just, yoga is amazing, really is. And um, I do med meditation and some self-hypnosis stuff. Um, there's a guy on YouTube that is amazing. He's, his name is Michael Seeley. Okay, uh, and he has produced so many amazing self-hypnosis um, meditations, like guided meditations, self-hypnosis uh, for anxiety, for building your confidence, for just relaxation and sleep. And like, like he is so good. Um, and I listen to him most days, especially in the morning. So what are those meditations for? For confidence or what, what, what are they? Yeah, confidence and in a relaxation. So I, so when the first successful business I had, um, after I sold it, things went really shit, like really seriously shit. And I ended up yes. very close to living on the streets for two, two, three years in London. Oh, wow. And that, that stress and almost, I wouldn't, yeah, almost self-hate for being so stupid at selling that business and messing up my life, I, I, I started beating up myself severely. Okay. And then at the same time, I had to just work like crazy, crazy hours. And I was constantly afraid of, of my finances. That completely broke down my, my, my nervous system and my, my immune system. Oh, I started wow. getting very, very sick. Okay. I started getting food intolerances, like really bad ones. Okay. And um and at the end I was I was I was actually I thought I was gonna die, literally I was so sick. And I could only eat meat and carrots for eight oh months. Oh literally from well okay, okay, olives, olive oil, lettuce, cucumber and herbs. Mm. Right? But but you know, most of the the calories like by far, like ninety nine percent of my calories came from uh came from, from meat and carrots. That was the only thing I could eat. And I thought I was going to die. Okay. Um, so, so because of all that, I developed severe anxiety, like severe. And because, yeah, for one, I thought I was going to die. It's like, how can I survive? You know, my business, I can't work. I'm tired. I was tired all the time. I had brain fog, uh, all kinds of weird sensations in the body, muscle weakness. You know, I got, um, what do you call it? ME chronic fatigue syndrome. Ah, okay. That's and, serious. Um, yeah, I was really, really sick. And because of all that, you know, I just developed this anxiety. So I listened to a lot of these um, self-hypnosis um, around anxiety, lessening anxiety and in increasing self-confidence. And they have been a lifesaver for me, literally lifesaver. Wow. So basically, um, you didn't necessarily go to a hypnotherapist. You did actually download things from from um, from the on, you know Google, whatever. Yeah, I, went, it has I went to a hypnotherapist as well, but I found it to be actually more more uh, beneficial for the daily practices with the self hypnosis. It's okay. just absolutely like just be really consistent about it, uh, okay. and then creating anchors. You know, from NLP, you create an yes. anchor. 
and where you anchoring this emotion of, for example, it could be confidence or relaxation and you anchor it and you, and you build it up, you work on building it up and strengthening and strengthening that emotion inside of yourself. Yes. Yes. Create this anchor. And then now, now I have this anchor. So if I'm stressed out or get back to anxiety throughout the day, I'm triggering this anchor. So suddenly I feel relaxed, I feel confident and so on and so on. Wonderful. And that shows so I've completely, yeah, yeah. completely rewired my brain now from being, um, I was, I was calculating at a point where I had, I had approximately, uh, a, a little anxiety attack every eight seconds. Like oh my God. Yeah. Eight, every eight seconds. Um, and, and very consistently, okay. uh, it was almost like the brain, it was almost like the brain was constantly checking. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Okay. Like constantly around me. Right. And, um, so and that's approximately 8,000 anxiety attacks in a day, throughout <gasps> the day. So, uh, you know, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And now I'm, first of all, I'm never depressed anymore. I'm never suicidal anymore. Um, I haven't had a suicidal thought for, I don't know, two years. Uh, my anxiety is decreased by, I don't know, 98%. And it's just getting better every single week. So now I have no, no doubt that I will completely and utterly conquer it. Uh, because it's just, yeah, every single week is, is improving. I am so glad that you shared this because I know quite a lot of people who suffer from anxiety attacks and panic attacks. So that gives them hope, right? So yeah. if for someone who's listening to it, who suffers from anxiety attacks some, some, sometimes or every day, where would you send them to directly? Dare book. D-A-R-E. Get the Dare audio book. Mm -hmm. I'm Barry McDonough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Like absolutely amazing. Now, if if the anxiety has become physical symptoms, if you become uh, like I, there's people that then because when the, when when you get into anxiety, the limbic brain system melts down. Yes. And and starts sending out these stress hormones all the time, and then creates misconnections, faulty connections that. Um, yes. Um, with things that could be dangerous, including food, it could be smells, it could be, ah. be uh, you know, chemical smell, just smells from from uh, deodorant and uh, soap and whatever. So the people that are uh, becoming sensitive to smells, food, or even electromagnetic um, uh, radiation, yes. right? So that people that can't even have uh, normal electricity in the house, they can't use a mobile yeah. phone. Yeah. Um, and that's because the limbic brain has made a faulty connections that these things are dangerous. Okay. Now, okay. if it's gotten to that level, they need to take a training called DNRS, right? Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend it. You can, you can get a self-study program, which was okay for me, but I didn't quite get it. I, I went to, to Canada. Uh, so there's a lady who does this DNRS and her site is retraining the brain, I believe mm -hmm. retraining the brain.com. Um, that system just, that was a lifesaver for me. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, my darling. Now that has been very useful and powerful. So in closing, I have last two questions for you. My mm -hmm. question is, um, so for people who have also, um, failed a lot and who've, um, maybe still in a position where they're not where they are, where they want to be. And, mm -hmm. um, and they feel very frustrated with themselves, they feel maybe depressed, what would you say to them? Like from the bottom of, of your heart, what would you say to them? Well, first of all, you've got to change. 
right? There is no way out of it. You have to change, otherwise nothing different is going to happen. Uh, and what you what you really, really need to do is you need to change your environment. You need to change the people that are around you. So either get into a mastermind, hire a coach, um, create your own mastermind, whatever you do, start surrounding yourself with people that are ahead of you uh, and that can support you and give you new ideas, give you new input. When you change the people around you, you literally, it's like outsourcing your personal development. We have a set of neurons in our brain called mirror neurons. The sole function is to copy people around us, to mm -hmm. copy the behavior. So we actually don't have a choice in terms of who we become in, in terms of the people that we surround ourselves with. The only choice we have is who do we surround ourselves with. That's fascinating. That's okay. fascinating. Uh -huh. Yeah. And in fact, there's, there's a book called The 1% Solution, I believe it's called something. like. I'll, I'll, I'll find out if you want for the show notes. Yes, yes, um, yes. And it basically talks about, uh, there's, all, there's also no, another one called Willpower is Not Enough. It, it basically shows that there's, it's almost impossible to change by willpower alone. It's almost impossible. But the moment you change your environment, you change the people around you, you will simply adapt to the people around you. Because here's the thing, we are actually wired to resist change. We are wired to procrastinate, but we are actually wired even more. We have wired to adapt and conform to our social environment. Ah. Our, social, our social environment will, will override our tendency to resist change. Ah, that's fascinating. I love it what you really say. This is good. And is that all in your book, that it's upcoming book? No, that that one, uh, well, the second one will, will but the first the first one is, is mainly about marketing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Patrick, my last question for you. What, um, do, you do you use each intuition <clears throat> in making your decisions when you're about to decide who you want to work with, your business oh, yeah, partners? A lot, a lot. But, but I... <laughs> I found that my intuition is has in the past been erroneous many times. You know, yes. I've not I've not been right. Yes. So these days I do use my intuition, but I also sleep on relationships. You know, I don't I don't go into business <clears throat> relationships just like because I was like, oh my god, this sounds amazing. This sounds like a fantastic person. I sleep on it and I check them out. I do my research thoroughly before I, I do anything today in terms of getting into a business relationship. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So you use the, the mind and the intuition together. Yep. Great. Okay, darling, what is your biggest dream for your life? So when you die one day and look back from above and you go, bloody hell, I really made it. I'm so proud of myself. What, what's your biggest wish dream? Well, there's a few things, but first of all, um, financial freedom for myself and helping other people achieve financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And number two, inspire people to believe more in themselves, to just really go for their dreams. Oh. And, and number, number three, I really want to help the planet in terms of getting into become more clean and then changing people's habits and creating a more sustainable world. And finally, and so this is something that has come relatively recent is to just create a spirit around the world of working together more of that we are one tribe the realization that we are one tribe we're one planet 
we, you know, it's just silly if we see ourselves as separate from other um, races, you know, that these guys are Chinese and these guys are Americans and these guys are black and, you know, it's just silly. Mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. are one tribe, it's one planet. Let's start working together mm-hmm. as one tribe. And I would love to have affected that in some way. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Patrick. It's been a great privilege and joy to speak to you. And you and I know it will happen. Your dreams will happen because you are such a focused, focused, confident, and intentional person. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. Please share with us what you found useful and inspiring about this episode. If you know somebody who is making a big difference in the world and we should interview them, let us know. Please drop us an email at storiesofexpansion at gmail.com.